Welcome to The Alignment Show, featuring conversations with folks who have taken steps to identify their highest values and align their lives around them. Time on this earth is not unlimited, and you may be seeking to make sure you spend your time on things that matter to you. These conversations will encourage you and support you in doing so. Now, let's meet this week's guest on The Alignment Show. And a good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you happen to be in the world. Glad you are with us again this week on The Alignment Show. I have the pleasure today of talking with somebody. I just found out that he and I share a background in radio. I'm not surprised because I'm all the time commenting on how I love uh, Mitch's radio voice. Uh, I got to know Mitch some time back in a group we share in common called Speaker Speak Live. Uh, regular listeners hear me talk about this group fairly frequently. So Mitch is one of those folks, and he's one of the first people that I met. I uh, can't tell you how impressed I have always been with Mitch and his speaking. But here on the Alignment Show, of course, we're talking with folks about having made uh, a reassessment. Uh, it's been a little while since we've mentioned this, so let's remind folks that um, this kind of came out of the pandemic where we kept hearing about the great resignation. I don't think it's a resignation so much as a great reassessment as people figured out life is short and they don't want to spend their life doing stuff they don't want to do. They assessed some of them quit. Some of them started businesses. Some of them reignited in what they were doing. It's not just about the pandemic, of course. Our guest today, Mitch Creighton, uh, has has done this kind of assessment before, well before the pandemic. Now, I've got an introduction for Mitch, but we're just we're going to learn about him and talking about him. I do want to tell you that he is the the owner of. Uh, Creighton Travel, which we'll be pointing you to a little bit later on. I love the specificity of what he does. It's small cruise travel. And um, I knew about that, but I didn't know his backstory on how he got into it. So let's go ahead and bring on Mitch Creighton. Mitch, welcome to The Alignment Show. Thank you, Don. Appreciate being here and welcome, audience. Indeed. And folks, you hear what I'm talking about here. I just, I, oh, I love that radio voice, Mitch. So uh, I, we're going to talk about the travel stuff and how you got into travel. But uh, I know the thing that kind of brought you to that came out of a somewhat tragic situation in your life, which I've only learned about just recently. Now, we were talking before the show started. I have a partially disabled wife and, and uh, taking care of a severely disabled daughter, you're taking care of the folks in your life matters. You lost someone significant to you a few years back prior to starting, I think it was prior to starting Crate Travel, or at least it changed things. Uh, give us that backstory. How did that get started? Well, thank you, Don. My wife, uh, bless her heart, she had been working with Princess Cruises. We lived in Los Angeles at the time, and we decided that we would move to Colorado, where I currently live. And we had been planning for our 45th wedding anniversary. So I got married while I was still in the pram. <laughs> but uh, we were we were laughing about it. And we had couples already signed up to go on this fabulous cruise. And so I our office, my office at the time was in another bedroom. And then she yelled out, I can't breathe. 
And so I ran to her side and I realized that she had fallen off the bed and onto the floor. So I immediately dialed 911. I tried to resuscitate her while, while that was going on. The fire department was fortunately just across the street. So the paramedics were able to get there very quickly and they were able to resuscitate her, but she was not alert. So they sent her to hospital and they treated her as though she had had a stroke or a heart attack or whatever. And uh, I was at the hospital and then she had been in this coma for 30 days and she passed. And, you, you know, when you're planning a celebration of life only to have the loss of life, it was devastating. And I will tell you that it took me two years to be functional again. So her memory is perpetually with me, but I had been in the travel business. So the, the backstory a little bit before we go forward here, um, I, I had been in the computer world and uh, I was an Apple dealer and Apple decided to open up retail stores and I couldn't get inventory while Apple had all the inventory. So I knew I had to shift and I asked my wife, I know you sell cruises. Do you mind if I join you? It was your world. Uh, I'll sell tours and I will sell groups. And so we said yes. And then when we moved to Colorado, um, this was before people could <laughs> work remotely. Uh, Princess said, no, you can't work remotely. So we, we opened up and worked together. And then this happened and I inherited the entire business. So I had the loss of my wife. I had the additional burden of taking care of traveling passengers. And you know, the travel business is a business of joy and happiness. So you have to mask what is troubling you because you're helping people do something beautiful in their lives. And so um, I, I, had to, I had to get a grip and I just used this and I said, this is giving me a passion to make sure that people get the vacation they want and they deserve while they can. And I see so many people, Don, making excuses instead of reservations. I know that's a cute slogan, but you, you will talk to people and they'll say, oh, no, I need to spend some money on my nephew who's graduating. I, I need to help my son who has repairs on their house. I need to do this. I need to do that. All the while sacrificing their own happiness. And. I say to them, don't you have a bucket list? Don't you have a desire to go somewhere, to be in a place you've always dreamed of being? Oh, yes, but I can't do it. And so what I had to convince people was, you must pay yourself. You, you must do that. And so this passion is within me. Not so much the booking of travel, just getting the people to commit to give themselves what they have earned, to give mm. themselves what they, what they want, what they deserve. And the final thing is I want them making memories, not regrets. And, and I know, I know that's a phrase that you use a lot. Does that I come do. out of your own experience? I mean, well, it does because here's the thing. We were planning this trip mm -hmm. and now instead of making the memory of a 45th anniversary, we had, we had to be in regret. My, my sweet wife was not there. The cruise had to be canceled. All these people were, you know, sending me love and condolences. 
but it was a regretful period of time. And mm-hmm. one of the things I discovered while my wife was in hospice, a lot of people come and go through hospice because it is the end of life sequence. And I discovered two things. The families would talk with me a lot. And I noticed that people at end of life were in two different states of mind. You had the person that was bitter. They were angry. They were upset that life cheated them, that why me, all of these things, because they did not get to do the things they wanted, that so many people had taken from them that they they chose or did not get to give themselves anything. And then you had the other people. And the other people were not stressed out. They, they had memories. They had family. They had friends. And their dwelling was on the experiences that they shared. Their dwelling was on the love of a, of a life well lived, even though, you know, we're, we've all had ups and downs, but the focus was on joy, love, and experience as opposed to this regret and anger. And I think people can relate to this. They've seen people as they get older start to go into this two divide. And I said, you've got to make memories so you're not living in this regret. And yes, that's where it came from. And I worked on that. And when I, when I would mention it to people, they go, oh, that's brilliant. And I say, well, what are you regretting? And immediately I got traction. It's like, yeah. oh, well, you're right. I haven't paid myself a long time. So, <laughs> so that's where that phrase comes from. And people do relate to it because they know they have sacrificed for so many other people. And rightfully so. I mean, let's mm-hmm. face it. If you've got children, if you've got nieces and nephews, if you've got parents, you're bound to make some sacrifices, but I always, I also share with people, if you've raised your children well, then you should have raised a self-reliant human being. They shouldn't need to rely on you for basics. If you want to treat them with a, with a gift, so be it. Mm-hmm. But, but here's what I said to them. I said, what if instead of the car on graduation, what if instead of you know, helping people make an improvement to their home. You took your entire family on a trip with you. And they got to see you in a way that they don't normally see you. When do we, when do we visit with family? Holidays, anniversaries, weddings, funerals, births. And we, we're putting on this, this mask of uh, everything's all right, everything is fine but they never see you laugh. Mm. They never see you do silly stuff. They, you're a human being. So you take your family with that money you were going to do for something else, and you spend seven days or more with them on a ship, at a beach, going on a tour, and let them learn who you are, what interests you have, emotions they have never seen. Now, that memory, Don, is indelible. And yeah, you, yeah. you cannot spend it away. An automobile only lasts for a few years and then it goes. A home improvement only lasts for a few years. But that memory will, I mean, if it was a 10-year-old grandchild or, or you know, a 40-year-old child, it doesn't matter. They will be talking about that event for the rest of their days. And so making those memories 
is something I strive for, for folks who are over 55 to not only treat themselves well, but if they're going to make any kind of sacrifice, invest in your family with giving them this experience. And everybody who has done that, not only have they come back because they've learned some things about their kids and grandkids they can't learn at the holiday table because they let their hair down. Oh, I didn't know you like this. I didn't know you did. I didn't know you were a nut for Star Trek. Yeah. So that's where the joy of travel energizes me. Mm. And that's where it came from. I, I saw that, that I could make a difference in people's lives. And so I've been doing that now. Well, I've been selling travel for 20 years. It's my third career. And it gives me great pleasure when they come back and the smile and the recounting of where they've been, what they ate, the music they heard, the pictures they share. This just empowers me. Oh, I, so, can, I can imagine. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm grateful. I, I'm not selling negative stuff. I don't have to go in and tell people, sorry, I've got bad news. I'm in the good news business. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always tell people the word vacation has the word vacate in it. So step away from your daily routine and vacate. And part of vacating is getting rid of that evil handheld device. And you turn it off and only use it if you must communicate because you must communicate. But do uh, not, good, good advice. Do, do, do not text. Do not. Text. I was on a tour bus, and we were in we were in Denali National Park, and we're on this bus going uh, into the heart of Denali, and there was this person doing this, right? I and can outside, see this coming. Yeah. And outside the window was a red fox, a rare sighting, and this rare fox was running alongside the bus before it did a dart back into the woods. Never saw it. Oh. And you go, well, what What did you go on this trip for? <laughs> <laughs> was, was it to do the things you can do when you're sitting in your lounger at home? Or oh, because yeah. you wanted to discover that red fox in Denali National Park? <laughs> and, and so I see this all the time. And, you know, a holiday, and, and once people get the bug and they get it, they just keep calling me. Okay, what's my next place? I, I would imagine, and I want to interrupt you here, Mitch, because there's ahead. two or three things that's coming to mind here, and I'm afraid I'm going to forget them here. I'm relating so much to what you're talking about. Um, one of my greatest memories before my parents passed away, uh, they asked me to be their driver as we made a car trip. Uh, traveling down to, um, dad was an ex-POW from World War II, and they used to volunteer at uh, Andersonville in Georgia. So we went there, and then we went on down to Florida. I was thinking I was just going to be their chauffeur, but it turned out to be one of the most significant memories for me as well as for them, just spending that time together. And that was a car trip, you know, so uh, I, I'm... I'm relating it to some research I've seen that shows happiness is more predicted by experiences versus things. And that certainly fits in with what you're saying here. But I, I, had, all, I had all the trappings done of success. I had a house. I had, I had a high-end car. I, I had clothes. I, I, there was nothing that I didn't have. Mm -hmm. And then 
Miss Peggy Lee said it perfectly. Is that all there is? Is that all there is? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I'm curious. Uh, you and your wife were in the travel business. Did you travel before that? You know, because I'm hearing more about regrets from the 45th. Uh, well, had- because she, she yes. Well, before she got in the travel business, we had we had taken many a cruise, many a tour, many a road trip, and uh, we have no children, so we could share those memories and those uh, i love my photographer so i was taking at the time thousands of slides if you can if you can remember the day when slides were used oh yeah and and so uh all of all of those memories keep rushing back and this has helped me when i'm guiding people because i've been there yeah i, I can share with you what some of my aha moments were and when i go, when i think about those things i think about her so her memory is everlasting with me as well. And then when she was working for the cruise line, the cruise lines make it impossible for you to say no to a cruise. Um, <laughs> they give you the employee rate, which is re- you cannot you cannot eat, drink and and commute for what they charge per day to go on a cruise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So uh, our, our grandest adventure was a 30-day cruise from Los Angeles, four islands of Hawaii, Samoa, American Samoa, Tahiti, Morea, and then a 10-day at-ocean stretch. So there was just nothing but us and the blue water for 10 glorious days. There was no cell phone communication. They had satellite, obviously, at the ship. But what an experience. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that you can't stay at a Four Seasons for the price we paid for two of us to go on that 30-day cruise. <laughs> wow, wow. Okay, yeah. now, now, without, without, because I'm looking at my clock here, yeah, yeah. we got time for this. Um, some advice maybe for people who are listening here. Uh, and I've got two questions fighting to get out at the same time here. One thing that we hear from people a lot these days is what I don't need to go through a travel service. I can just do it myself on the internet. I want to get to that, but there's also, and I'm going to go ahead and show your website here. If I can pull that up. Cause one of the things that strikes me is that you are specializing in small ship cruising, which yes. is different from like the princess and, and all of that sort of thing. Correct. Here's where this is coming together, uh, Mitch. My wife and I have talked about cruising, and she is scared to death to do it. We've seen so much in the news, you know, about people getting stuck or, or whatever. Is that overblown? Is it that small ship cruising is safer? Um, how do you address those kind of concerns as people talk with you about that sort of thing? Well, those are two questions that I can sort of tie into a single answer, if you'll permit me. Absolutely. So, so, so taking, taking a trip for people that are hesitant, just take a moment over your cup of morning coffee and write down the five places that you've always wanted to see. And just look that up online. I mean, the Internet is great for research. The Internet is great for finding out what's possible in a seven-week period of time. And if you have more time for two weeks or you know, some people will travel for two months at a time. It all depends on their ability. But just write that down. And the act of writing it down is a form of an initial commitment to yourself. And if you start looking at it and you go, I have never been to Rome. 
I, I would love to see the Vatican. I would love to see the beautiful Roman architecture and eat food from Italy. If you've never had a gelato in Rome, you haven't lived. <laughs> so, so that's the first thing I would do. Then know that regardless of what your budget is, you'll be able to go someplace. And what I have said to people is, can you set aside $10 a week? Can you set aside $20 a week? Now, $10 a week after 52 weeks is $520. If you do it for two years, you have $1,000. Would you miss that $10 if it was automatically swept out of your checking account and put into a special savings account, which any bank can do for you? So you didn't miss it because you didn't know it was there. You can't spend it because it's not in your operating account. And lo and behold, you plan for something two years down the road, you've got $1,000 already in the kitty, so you don't have to financially burden yourself. And I said, that's how, you, that's how you deal with that. Now, why do I deal with small ships? And I hope that answered your first question well. The small ships are experiential to the max. I have sailed on the largest ship in the world, well, at the time, uh, Symphony of the Seas. 6,500 passengers, 1,400 crew. So that is a floating stadium. And what happens is it's a lovely vessel. You've got every restaurant you can imagine. You've got entertainment with four or five different show venues, and they're all wonderful. When you get into port, it's usually an hour or two to get off the ship and an hour or two to get back on the ship because so many people are exiting and everybody has to go through security. And you can imagine it's difficult for any of those crew to remember who you are, to, to remember what you like. And they're wonderful people. Many of them are from international countries where English is not their first language. They, they do a brilliant job. And being on a large ship for your first experience, going on a four-day or a five-day to the Caribbean, easy way to see if cruising is for you, and it's really an inexpensive thing. The airfare will cost you more than the cruise. But once you say, this is what I like, wouldn't it be nice if you could go on a ship that didn't have to dock next to these larger vessels, or because some of the ports won't support a ship that size, they have to weigh anchor outside and then take these little boats called tenders to get you to the ship and back. Wouldn't it be nice if they could just dock and you get off in 10 minutes and then you're with a small group of people, they know who you are. And so the vessels that I work with, I, I don't really like to promote ships that are over a thousand passenger capacity, but most of them are 600, 500 for ocean, uh, ocean cruising. Um, expedition cruises are 200 to 250. River boats are 160 to 180. And in that experience, the crew, well, let me give you one example. So we took a, a trip to, um, uh, to the Caribbean on a ship that had 500 passengers. The first day we sat down to have breakfast, I noticed an individual ordered coffee in a French press. And I said, is that something I could have? He said, yes. And my current sweetheart said, well, I like decaf. Do you have decaffeinated French press? Sure. 
What do you think happened when I went down to that same place for breakfast the next morning? It was already on the table. Didn't ah. have to ask for it. So that's the kind of thing. You, you come back from a long, long day's excursion, and you go back in your room, and there's a drawn bath with rose petals on it. You're not going to get that on a big ship. So you, you, if you were going to get that on a big ship, you'd have to go to the, uh, you know, the private area. You're going to pay for the extra suites. You're going to go for mm -hmm. the, the luxury accommodations. And if you're going to pay that kind of money to be in that part of the ship, you already are paying the price of what it would be on a small ship, higher touch. And when you get off the ship, the experiences are much more in uh, much more interactive. Mm -hmm. So when you get to Belize, you're not going with everybody on this one beach with a thousand people. We went to go see a zoo and then uh, we went to a private beach. <laughs> okay. And, okay. you know, so, so you have, and, and, oh, and I met Belize. <laughs> The, the big question I often ask people when they take a large ship cruise is, oh, you were in Jamaica. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Oh, I loved it. How many Jamaicans did you have the chance to meet? Deer in headlights moment. <laughs> what? The, meet Jamaicans? I didn't meet any that I'm aware of. And I said, so you, you're going from the United States to visit this foreign country, and you didn't get the pleasure of meeting anybody who lived there? I mean, that's sad. So that that is what will enrich you. Learn another person's culture. Uh, have them offer you a taste of food. Uh, you know, if you go to the Caribbean and you don't have a conch sandwich, you haven't eaten Caribbean food. So <laughs> why are you eating at McDonald's? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, hey, are, are, the the cost, are the costs kind of comparable for small ship versus large they, ship? They, well... You know, they're a little more, but they include more. That makes sense. So, makes sense. so in some, in different cruise lines offer different combinations of things, to be fair. Um, mm -hmm. But most of the cruise lines are mostly inclusive. So some will include everything, but you pay your own gratuities. Some include mm -hmm. gratuities. Uh, some will pick you up from the airport. Some you have to arrange to get to the ship on your own. Um, some will charge you for premium uh, food, and others say, no, every restaurant on the ship is open to you. A mm -hmm. And so you, that's one of the things that sets them apart. The decor sets them apart. The quality of the cuisine. Um, so you, you have people like Jacques Pepin, uh, who is the master chef for Oceana Cruises, and he sets the menu. And then if you want to take classes, they offer cooking classes where you go with the chef of the ship to the marketplace and you come back and you learn how to cook it. Now you're not going to, you're not going to be able to do that on a ship with 6,000 people. Oh, so it, wow. it's completely, completely different experience. And once you've had a taste of a small ship, it's really, really difficult to go back to a large ship. And again, bless their hearts, the large ships, they do a great job in getting people into cruising what they can do is they can work with very young children. They have children's activities for uh, kids that are as, as small as a year, uh, all the way up to, you know, the, the grammar school age and, and uh, teenagers. They have separate departments. 
So if you if you're going with a young family, yeah, the larger ships will have more things for the diverse interests of those ages. But I have to say, they're going in their cocoon, and the parents are going in their cocoon. And are they learning about each other? Not really. So you know, I, I say if that's the kind of resort you want, you can do that on land. It doesn't have to float. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I want to say for our listeners here, uh, you know, this is one of the reasons to to engage with somebody like Mitch Creighton, because they know this stuff. I mean, yeah, you can research some of this on the Internet, but you're not going to you're not going to get the advantage of 20 plus years of experience. So that well, I, and, I and John, just, just just put in small ship cruising. And when Google tells you it has 175,000 pages, hmm. so where, do you, where do you start? Yeah, exactly. So where I want to be start? sure that people know how to get in touch with you. Now, folks who are with us on video, they've been seeing where I've had the, uh, the information up there on the screen. But for our audio-only folks, we want to be sure. Uh, we've said Mitch Creighton. Mitch spells his last name K-R-A-Y-T-O-N. And you can find his website at CreightonTravel.com. Um, let me change it out here. Even on our screen, I had ConfidenceCultivators.com up there. Want folks to know that one, too, because that's where you can get the show notes here. We'll have links for all this in our show notes. But Creighton Travel, K-R-A-Y-T-O-N Travel, all one word, dot com. You can email Mitch, Mitch at CreightonTravel.com. And for the folks who are with us uh, on video, we've got that nice little QR code there to help you with that. So really want to be sure that, that you have a way of getting in touch with Mitch, because I can't think of anybody who has more uh, experience with this sort of thing. Now, um, uh, Mitch, we are coming to a close of our time here. I always like to wind up asking, I'm always a generalist talking to a specialist. There's probably something that you wish that I had asked that I didn't ask. What would that be, and what would your answer to that be? Well, I would just let people know that I would love to have a 20-minute get acquainted phone call with anybody who is interested uh, in a cruise vacation, in particular a small ship cruise vacation. And if after that 20 minutes you think that we can work together, that uh, I'm the proper advocate for you, and uh, then, in fact, we shall. And I'd be delighted to help you make the memories and not regrets. I love that phrase. I mean, that just gets at the experience so clearly. So, Mitch, I want to thank you for being here with us today. And um, I'm, I'm, I got to talk with you some more here because uh, we're not going to take the time here while we're on the broadcast, but the special situation we have, my wife is in a wheelchair. I'll bet there's probably some accommodations for that sort of thing. Yes, so there folks, is. So, folks, get in touch with Mitch Creighton. Uh, make memories, not regrets. That is just so great. Hang on for just a second, Mitch. I'm going to put you in the green room while we wrap things up, but I want to come back to thank you. Uh, in the meantime, folks, remember that uh, next week, uh, let me see, who do we have next week? I believe I need to look at my calendar here. Should have done that before getting on here live. This is one of the fun parts of live broadcast, right? 
Yeah, Mitch and I used to do this on radio, but then you couldn't see what people were doing. Next week, we've got uh, Julie Cooley, a friend of ours. Mitch and I both know Julie. Uh, so she's got some great impact that she will talk with you about. Also want to mention uh, a sponsor for our show here in a way. That sponsor is me. Uh, I've told folks before we are working on a book right now. It is uh, tentatively titled The Way of the Three-Year-Old Why. And if you would like to keep track of what's happening with that, even see how the sausage is made, because I'll be talking about the process of writing this book. You can go to donaldking.com slash 3YO, that's D-O-N-N-E-L-L-K-I-N-G dot com slash the number three and lowercase letters Y-O. Be glad to have you following along with that. In any case, we look forward to being with Julie next week. And our phrase around here on the Alignment Show is to live your values and value your life. And that's what we want to encourage you to do. Bring that life into alignment because then when you make memories, not regrets, it's because you're living your values and valuing your life. Those go together. We'll see you next week. That's it for this week's episode of The Alignment Show. What has it inspired you to do in your own life? Whatever it is, take action now and take the first step. It will help you to talk with a friend about what you're thinking. Share confidencecultivators.com to spread the goodness. And remember to live your values and value your life. We will see you next week on The Alignment Show.